in magic, actually, there, there are many presentations or tricks that we pretend to fail. People want to see you fail. In the U.S., if my friends ask me, like, what do I do? I say, I'm a magician. Like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Yeah. Here in Thailand, it's like, what do you do? I'm a magician. I'm like, what? You're a magician? <laughs> like, oh, no, are you okay like, you, financially? Do you make money? Like... <laughs> Patrick Kun, the first Thai national who has worked up close and personal with world-renowned magicians such as David Copperfield and David Blaine, designing props, illusions, and stage setups. Patrick has made a name for himself by creating amazing impromptu visual magic using sleight-of-hand techniques to make each effect as visual as possible without utilizing any special equipment. Patrick first made his international appearance on America's Got Talent Season 16, where all four judges voted yes during his audition, sending him straight to the next round. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let us introduce you to Patrick Kuhn. Over 75% of the people watching this video are not subscribed. Could you please take a moment to subscribe to the Tiger Podcast? It would really help us out. So, Patrick, what can you tell us about your background that would make us understand how you are as a person today? Sure. Um, so, my name is Patrick. I'm Thai. I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I was raised in the U.S. for a little bit and then moved back to Thailand for about 10 years up until, like, um, grade 9th. And I think, and then I go back to the U.S. until I finish school, college, and work. And so I think it was quite interesting that the way my parents moved me around. And because when I first moved back to Thailand, they want me to also like pick up Thai. But then again, they're like, oh, you're a U.S. citizen. Like, I want you to go back to the U.S. so you can pick up the language quick, you know. And so I went to U.S. when I was like in ninth grade. And I think that transition is actually very good for me because... You know, I don't really consider myself like very Americanized, but like, I can adapt to both culture because I was raised in Thailand when I was younger. And then, so I don't forget the, the culture, the Thai, the everything. And then when I go to US, like, I was able to pick up English like very quickly. And so that combination was really nice, I think, mm. to, to be able to understand both culture. Right. And we know you today as the magician, yes. right? So um, can you also tell us what age did you find magic, and how did you get into it? It's such a coincidence. Actually, my name is Patrick. It even had the word trick in it, which is ah, really crazy. Nice pun. And also, like when I was young, I, I remember this vividly. Like in kindergarten in the U.S., I was really bored during the nap time, and I was unscrewing like one of the nut okay. underneath the, and I just told my friends like, "Hey, look at this!" And then I said, "I want to show you a trick." And then I hit it in my nose. And it got stuck. Oh, no. So, and I, I wasn't able to take it out, you know. And then it was really serious that, like, my nose started to bleed. And so the teacher has to call my mom and bring me to the hospital to, like, get it out. Oh, so that was basically my first magic trick, which is very funny in a way. Yeah. But then um, when I was young, you know, in school in, in Thailand, there were some magician that come to school, perform some magic. I've seen some magic shop and stuff like that. So that kind of, like, I see it. And I, I liked it, but I wasn't really getting into it very seriously until I go to the U.S. 
Mm-hmm. In the U.S., my friend, during Christmas time, he, like he bought me like this gift set of magic VHS tape. Back then, <laughs> I will I will be watching it and then practice in my room. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. And uh, every day at school, I'll be like doing magic to friends during lunchtime to test it out, and it just kept going from there. You owe everything to that friend now from that one Christmas gift. I know. Also, who is your idol? Your magician mm. idol. So you know, I watched a lot of magic TV back then. You know, obviously David Copperfield. Um, there's another Japanese magician named Cyril, which is big in Asia. He's like David Blaine is also another person who really started this whole street magic thing. So it's all the big names that I've seen, but also there are also many magicians in the magic community that you probably don't know their name, but they're they're amazing, and you know I study a lot from them to do what I do today. Good thing that you mentioned David Copperfield, Cyril, and all those big guys. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you get in touch with them? Because I know that you also have worked with them very closely as well. Yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty crazy because you know someone who you look up. I've been doing magic for more than twenty years, and you know someone who you, you like idolize and you see them on TV. You're like, oh, I want to be like that person one day. And then one day you're like, oh, we, we're just friends. I just call them like, hey, what's up? Like, let's hang out. Um, but started with. David Copperfield first. Um, I actually studied graphic design from Iowa State University. And at that time, I was my parents were like, oh, I want you to get your master's degree and finish all the school stuff. So I applied everything, got scholarship and everything. And then last minute, my friend was like, hey, David Copperfield is looking for someone who can do graphic design and also like designs and magic illusions and consulting um, for him in Las Vegas. And at that time, I was in Iowa. And it was just, Iowa was just so boring, you know, it's just like cornfield. There's, I was like, <laughs> I want to move to the West Coast, you know, I want to be close to LA, like Vegas, that sounds cool. So I was like, mom, once in a lifetime, like, can I just, can I just skip school this year? Like, I'll work for a little bit and then I'll go, I promise I'll go back. And so my mom was like, okay, whatever. And then, so I decided to not go to school and then just try this opportunity. So I moved straight to Vegas and I worked with him for a full year. So, you know, Behind the scene in, in, in Magic, we work a lot on designing like magic illusions for live shows. So it was a lot of work, you know, like we, I actually designed his logo, which is currently on MGM Grand. No way. So there's a big logo. If you go to Las Vegas, MGM Grand, David Copperfield is. You designed I, I, that. I, I wow. Design it. It's okay. very simple, minimal design, but um, it's nice to see like on a big building, you know. And uh, we have an amazing team that we work with. And every day we will, it's like a lab. We call it the magic lab. Mm-hmm. And every day, um, David performs like crazy. He performs every day, 15 shows a week. So two shows every day, Saturday, three shows. And so after he finished the show, we will come backstage and we work on new materials, new ideas, new content. And we will like test out ideas. So it's like a lab. Imagine like it's a magic lab where we just like, print out things we cut glue like we built things and we test and someday he will test with a live audience too with some audience we said hey we work on a brand new materials like would you guys like to see a, a sneak peek it's not finished so, so it's like an open mic kind of yeah, yeah. so i was like wow that's no. that's a really great way to test because you can't you can only test so much and you have to test with the live audience it's the same i'm sure with like a stand-up Stand comedy up, yes. right you really have to try out with people and see if they like it or not you take their feedback and you you adjust it. And these audience members, where do they come from? Like just random people and they have to pay tickets oh, to it's watch? It's people who already watched the show. Ah. And we like, hey, you want to stay for another 15 minutes? We have some exclusive oh. VIP magic for you. I see. But it's sometimes it's super raw. No music. And sometimes David is not even like 
performing it, we have one of our magicians perform it for him instead. I see. And at the end, we collect um, feedback from them, mm. what they like, what they don't like. Like, it's very interesting. Like, I've never seen that before. So that was a really good way to to right. test out stuff. And you have so many shows. How often do you have to revamp the magic? Mm. Um, it depends. Like, if it's usually if I do anything on for TV or media, obviously you have to con continuously like having to do new things because people can rewatch and you you want to always presenting new stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, if it's live show, sometimes we have kind of like a set that you do already that is that you think is like perfected it's good and then sometimes depends on the event you just you customize it to the the client needs so sometimes i get work for, to do like with brands and they say like oh we want to present this cup you know can you make this tiger pattern appear on the cup to present oh, our new cup things like that so you know funny. so like it's very challenging sometimes because we it takes time you know we have to think of ways to do things Mm -hmm. And magic is, you know, like everything is not real, right? Of course, like we, we find ways to do it. It's like engineering, like using science, arts and craft and technology and everything, like trying to find ways to make it possible. And um, yeah, so it's, it's really fun. Like a lot of jobs I, I get, they're very different sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always a new challenge on er everyone. Speaking of challenges, I know that you will be working with David Blaine mm -hmm. very soon. Can you yep. tell us a little bit about that? Um, I'm not sure I could say so much, but he's he is planning to do one episode of his brand new TV in mm -hmm. Thailand. And I think it's really, really amazing that he's visiting Thailand. You know, um, I'm sure many magicians and there are people who have only seen him online. You know, it's always nice to see movies or shows that they're shooting in Thailand, you know, like... I think us as Thai, like, we just feel so proud to see our stuff like on on this national platform, you know. So, um, but I think more will be unveiled soon. I think you know, you know it's just I, I'll get to be part of it to kind of represent Thailand in in a way. So I think that will be a very exciting episode. Right. I think I jumped ahead very quickly, but I want to go back a little bit to David Copperfield. Mm -hmm. Did you have to audition to become his? You know, the yeah. Person behind so the it's so. I've been doing magic for a long time and then before, you know, I, I just started making clips online. Mm. And so people start to recognize my work and my style of work in, in magic. I have like a certain style and then I guess people kind of recognize my name from then. So I kind of have like my name reputation in, in magic community. Mm. So it's like a close community, like in the magic magicians, like we like share ideas. And so they kind of know who I am mm. in, in, in a way. And then, um, my friend kind of recommended me, so I, I kind of met with him and had an interview. But usually David doesn't really have, like, consultants or people to really work with. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, he was looking for someone new, like a younger generation. And obviously, like, I'm a close-up person. Like, I do magic up close. And he does, like, the biggest thing, like, vanishing the Statue of Liberty, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's very interesting that, like, us, we're all really young at that time. I was 22. Mm -hmm. My friends, you know, even younger, my friends are like 18, 19, all the young magicians, like we're working with him to hopefully um, integrating like close up because the advantage of close up because people get really to, um, they can really experience magic mm. right? and it's very personal. Whereas big illusions is amazing and grand, but you don't feel the connection as much. 
Mm-hmm. And so the, the goal is to combine, take this and combine somehow so that people, when they're seating, you know, in a seven, eight hundred theater um, seat theater, they can still experience magic to yeah. them on them. And so that was really, really interesting. So there wasn't really like an audition, but like, I mean, obviously he's seen my work and then we work a little bit and then everything was good. And then we just kept wor- kept on working. Nice. And what kind of lessons did you learn from these big guys that you've worked with? You know, like I think David Copperfield, even though he's he's probably the most successful magician ever in history, and I don't think anyone can really top his record, right? And even though he's so successful, so rich, he's a billionaire, probably he's the richest magician in history, and uh, he still works hard every day. I think also he wants to keep his legacy as well, and. He, I think David now is maybe like, he's probably more than 60 years old, Mm. but he's still performing minimum of 15 shows a week. Mm. On Christmas or Thanksgiving, he performed four or five shows a day. Like that's crazy. That is so much work. But still, he's still working so hard and there's never an ending to being perfect or stop. Like he's never satisfied. Like, Everything we built, even though it's something that we work on for 10 years, is still being developed. Make it better, make it better, make it better. And he's a perfectionist. And I think that's something that, like, you know, even though you're so successful, you're, you're so established, he probably could have retired, but he's still, I think he wants to perform until, until he could, you know. Right. And I think that's something that's very inspiring to see that, you know, is, he just loved the art so much. He just want to keep doing it until, until he couldn't. Right. It's true passion for him. Yeah. Right. And um, speaking of that, what is your style of magic, if you had to tell somebody? Oh. So, I mean, I I started magic doing, like, close-up magic. So, you know, like, of course, magic that is, like, very um, interactive. But also, I like magic that you can see easy to understand. You know, I, I don't tell too much story. My, my style of magic is visual. Like, you can see it like any language speaker can watch and still understand if it, if i don't speak the same language mm-hmm. they, they should be able to understand so i like magic that looks i try to make it looks like real magic of course you know so yeah just organic things with stuff all around right yeah. and speaking of that you do a lot of street magics has there ever been a time where it failed and people caught oh, you yeah really ha- really I mean, of course, we, we have failures. It's okay. a nature of magic or anything, right? Like, and that's how you learn and how you get better. When I started magic, of course, my brother is like... So I have one younger brother who we used to live together in the U.S. And he will be my um, a person who I will practice with the most. The guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, he gets so sick of magic. Oh, no. I mean, the most question yes. he gets asked, too, is like if he does magic, too. And um, I try to teach him. He... I think he got sick of my magic because he just said too much. Yes. You know, but I will be practicing with him all the time. It's like, hey, uh, like, I, am I show is this angle okay? Like, I will testing him, get, asking for feedback all the time. And mm-hmm. that's a good way to, to practice, you know, so that when you go out and perform for friends and other people that you don't know, the chance of failing will be less because you already get comfortable with things that you're doing already. But in the case that it does fail, mm. how do you recoup from that? Yeah, so... The thing with magic is we're the story uh, storyteller, right? We tell the story. We lead you to our imagination of this magic 
impossible things, right? That we want to take you. The key, I guess, is to... The key is that they never know what the ending is. So if something goes wrong, we, we find a way to segue it into a different ending. Ah, okay. And, uh, that's the, the main difference, I think, with people who have been doing magic for a long time and people who just begin doing magic because that is something that you can't learn. Mm-hmm. You can only learn from failing True. and knowing how to get out. Same thing, I'm sure, with like singers. If they miss the lyrics or a musician, they, they forgot something. You just find like the key is you cannot let them know you fail. Mm. That's the last thing you want to say. Oh, I'm sorry. You cannot admit. <laughs> right. I mean that. That wouldn't be ideal to be like. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it just that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like they will just know that you failed. Yes. But in magic, actually, there there are many presentation or tricks that we pretend to fail. Yes. It is part of the script, mm-hmm. and it's actually good because people want to see you fail. Oh, it's true horrible people like, yes you know how David Blaine does the stunt mm-hmm. where he like you know frees himself or whatever people want to see him like die people want to oh, see gosh. people get hurt yes no it's true like yeah that's why like all this talent show you know you see people who are doing this dangerous thing mm. of course th- they will be safe but of course we want to see them fail that's the nature of human we want to see people fail mm. you know and uh, and sometimes in magic it's like a more we have our way of course, we have our safety, but making people believe that, you know, playing with their emotion mm. of like, oh my God, like, you know, it's like a thriller. You watch the movie, right? It's like, this guy's gonna get killed from this guy. Like, we know it. It's like, oh, wait, he got saved. Like, you know, you play with the emotion, and magic is basically like a live movie for mm. me, I think. You know, we're like the director, and we're like taking you to this, this journey, and, and then we, Sometimes, like, magic construction is really complicated. It's really interesting when, I, mm. when you think about it, like, how we basically play with people's emotions, surprises, mm. right? And sometimes we tell jokes to make them relax, and sometimes we do serious things, and sometimes... So it's very a bit of everything, and, yeah, it's really interesting and fun. Oh, that's so cool. And uh, do you have a favorite magic trick that you love to do at parties? Is there a specific one, or you just change it up sometimes? Um... I mean, I carry a deck of cards with me all the time. I mean, it's, it's something that I just get so used to, like, practicing and playing around with. It's easy to carry. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are tricks. I'll, I'll be showing you some magic after. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I, just things that I have with me, you know. Like, it's, I, I don't carry, like, big props. And those are m- more for, like, a show. But, like, mm-hmm. for everyday casual environment, of course, you know, things I can do with your phones or your watch, your money, uh, deck of cards, some coins, just things that you can be found around. Yes. And those are fun to do. So kind of like more minimalistic with the props yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff and more close up and personal. Yeah, yeah. I also want to ask you, is there a difference between a mentalist and a magician? And yeah. if there is, what is it? So we're the same. Mentalists will probably claim that they're not magician. <laughs> they're, they're magicians. You guys are the same. Yeah. We both do magic, except magician you can see. Mentalist is all in your head. Nah. So it's all about things that they create in their head. Mm-hmm. It's an illusion in their head. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like things with mind reading and power suggestion and hypnosis and just everything is related to mind. You know, mm-hmm. like with your brain and things like that. Right. But they're using magic. Um, 
Similar tricks, you would Same say. Same thing. Ah. Yeah. And for you, what is appealing about magic to you mm. personally? For me, like, magic just create this, I don't know, it's, it's a feeling that I don't think any art form can replicate or bring that from, a peop- from people. You know, for me, like seeing people, I'm sure same thing with like stand-up comedy. Like when you, it's like when you tell jokes or when you t- say something and they're like, they're happy. It's like that energy that you get, right? Yeah. And the same thing with magic is, doesn't matter if you're old or young or any race, magic brings them back to their childhood. That feeling of like surprise mm-hmm. that you can't really get it from anywhere else, I think. Because mm-hmm. magic is like, it's, it's, they see things that is like not possible things that you don't see in everyday life so for me it's like it's like a special power in a way that you i can create that for anyone mm-hmm. and it's, it's a good feeling you know and and also in a way for me like i just love i just love to create magic and play around with magic i think it's it's so unique and so fun to like because it's like it's like not i'm i'm not like building something that you see every day it's like i'm creating the impossible like okay one day i'm like i want to I want to be able to fly in the air. Like, mm-hmm. how do how can I do it? So then you find a different ways to make that happen. And usually, there's no reference of things that has already been done. You have to invent new things that doesn't exist. So, it's fun for me to. It's like kind of solving puzzles, like jigsaws, right? Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's. I think that's that's exactly it. You know, mm-hmm. is you're solving a puzzle that does never exist. Wow, and. Yeah. How often do you come up with n- new and fresh ideas? Um, depends. You know, it's like I don't sit and say, okay, I have to come up with ideas. You know, <laughs> right. but usually like depends on work, mm-hmm. especially on TV. Of course, they're like, okay, we need like five effects to, to perform. Like, can we do some magic at the you know, candy shop? Can mm. you think of something? Or, you know, and then you're trying to find things that you can do. Mm-hmm. But things that already exist and then maybe you change it, adapt it to your own style. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it really depends on work and um, now social media mm. you know of course like magic on social media you have to adapt it in a way because it has to be done quick mm-hmm. like I can't sit for two minutes and talk like 30 seconds they have to see what it is right so it's a different style of magic that you know we, we have to adapt on, onto the social media platform and have to make new content and making content magic content on social media is tough because it's not it's not like singing where I'll just sing different songs or I'll dance different moves. Like magic is like we have to find new things all the time and they're like it takes time. Yeah, so it's it's challenging. But I used to try to come up with things so I can share it online and it keeps myself on, on my feet to always thinking of new new things. Mm, right. Do you think that social media has changed magic from how it was done in the past to the present? Of course, yeah. Mm. I mean, I think people now, of course, their attention span is a lot less than before. And uh, it makes us... Magic just has to get to the point. Like, we we can't spend, like, two minutes me telling a story about my grandpa who gave me (laughs) this deck of cards. Like, they just want to see the magic. I feel like this generation, like, we just want to get to the point. And so on social media, it definitely changed a lot. You know, like, a lot of magicians... And magic is... We, it's only meant to be done in person intentionally, right? Like magic is, is not meant for media. Even for TV, it doesn't translate the same way as live. Mm-hmm. And so with social media, it really had, it changed everything. You know, so many magicians, younger generation magicians who, 
actually like yeah this new generation magician just start doing magic on social media yeah. because you get views right away you get engagement you get popular quick but it's like they almost skip the step that magic is meant for life right mm. so they only focus on social media whereas when they do live they they're not able to do this meet the same expectation because you know they, they can't do live mm-hmm. and so i think that's it's a new thing that changed and also youtube you know mm-hmm. you know the fact that people can watch rick and rewind they can save they can stop frame by frame mm-hmm. it it makes magic of course like more difficult we have to make sure that everything looks good mm-hmm. live looks good on tv mm-hmm. and uh because people will just expose your stuff right there's a lot of reveals online oh yeah how do you feel about those i mean there's nothing i can really do you know it's like right. It's going to happen because, you know, when, when people want to know the secret, it's because it's not easily f- um, easy to find. Mm-hmm. So when they see things, they just want to, like, find out. You know, when I did my AGT, mm-hmm. of course, there's so many reviewed video. A lot of time, they're not correct. Ah. They have their own theory, which is really interesting to watch mm-hmm. as well. But, like, they will break down of things I do and... So <laughs> not you're specifically, you mean? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, like, but they're not always right because they're not magicians and they don't know the whole details. But they will. They just, yeah. So they they tried. Okay. Um, but it's nothing I can do. I think the only thing we can do is to always improve on our magic and mm-hmm. just always one step ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So they can't catch up. Right. Have you ever tried breaking down any of the big boys' magic? Like, ha, I think you did this and this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, as a magician, like, we don't watch magic the same way as, as you. yeah. And actually have um, a TED talk next next month. Okay. But I, I do talk about, like, how before I started magic, before I want to be a magician, it's like I'm taking, you know, the Matrix, there's two pills. Yes. Blue pill and red, red. pill. And like one is whether I just, I don't want to know the secrets. I'll just enjoy the magic. Mm. Or another one is like I fall down to this rabbit hole and I go to a different world and I know every, how everything is done. And I live with that, but I cannot come back out. Mm. And then, and of course, one. I chose this path. That means I cannot see magic the same way as you or other people. But I see it and I appreciate it in a different way. Mm-hmm. When I see a good magician, like we don't get surprised the same as you. But we get surprised in a different way. Like, wow, this guy, the execution is so great. Like, he talks so well. Um, the flow is so good. Like, we see things in a different way. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun. Like, I actually enjoy that perspective as well because we appreciate every single thing they do. Right. It's like, all the de- like we know how it's done. Mm. Even some stuff, like, in, in Magic, we have Magic Convention every year. Mm-hmm. Actually, next month, February, there's a, one of the biggest Magic Convention in UK called Blackpool 5,000 more than 5,000 magicians around the world they gathered and they just share ideas and they they try to fool each other magician will try to come up with tricks that even magician will be fooled whoa so it's like next level you know yeah like things like even magician like we know everything right yeah pretty but much. they're like fool us that's and that's like that's what's fun about it you know mm-hmm. magician we just like to share ideas we perform magic to each other and Mm. get some feedback from others help each other so it's a really tight community really fun sometimes we think they would like it yeah and when we test it okay wait it's not the same as what we thought yeah and we have to adjust Mm -hmm. so 
in magic, a lot of time we think about how they will react. Mm-hmm. Okay, they will do this and they will relax this. But sometimes you have to test them out. Mm-hmm. So if you don't test it out, sometimes you don't know if your theory is correct or not. Yes, yeah. correct. So we were talking about people who are just audience members and people who are magicians. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about people who are Thai and versus non-Thais? Mm-hmm. Are their reactions similar, different, and how? They're very different. Mm-hmm. You know, so I live in the U.S. for 20 years, and then I moved back to Thailand this past three years. So I used to study magic all in English. Mm-hmm. And of course, in magic, we have to learn how to script. We talk. We basically we're like acting out. Like I, I act as a, a person who can do magic, right? I mean, so we learn how to talk, and everything is all in English. I remember when I first moved to Thailand and had to do magic in Thai. Like, it's really strange for me to like switch the language because mm-hmm. like I don't see those kind of words that much in Thai, or there's not many magician in Thailand who talk in Thai. So I don't know what to base off. Um, but it was interesting. Every time I come back and I do magic for people here, the reactions are a little different. Like in America, you you always get those like, "Oh my God, how do you do that?" Like, like that's amazing. Oh my God, like, like you know, kind of that style. And some people they run away. Like <laughs> you probably have seen David Blaine, and people yeah. always run away. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jackson Wong, I did magic for him. He did run away. Whoa, but that was so good. Cool. Yeah. Um, but in Thailand, I feel like people are shy. They get scared to see magic, or like I think in general, just the culture here. I think we're just more reserved. I would more say. reserved. Yes. We're, we're like, especially especially when there's camera and things. Like people are yes. more shy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the newer generation these days, they're different. Mm. You know, like I feel like older generation, we're still like really conservative and re- um, really reserved. So. They're amazed in in seeing magic, but they just don't say it out loud. Mm-hmm. And the thing they often say is like, "Wait, tell me, I, man, we why man, like they're like more like curious, right? You know that they, they you don't not gonna get those like, oh my god, like yeah. that's a minute, like run away, like you're not gonna get those yeah. in Thailand. But the interested interested things is that I I mentioned before was people Thai people who have study abroad. I think they absorb a lot from abroad too but they tend to view magic in a different way mm-hmm. and maybe they're just seen more you know they, they they've been around and I, I don't know like what, what do you think is the yeah so we were discussing this earlier i think that people in the west in general we were brought up to really appreciate arts mm-hmm. and musics and so when we see art Mm. performance we go wow this is amazing whereas thai people or more generally uh, asian people mm-hmm. we're kind of indoctrinated as a kid like maths is king science you must know mm-hmm. arts yeah you can leave that aside so when we actually see people performing or singing we're like yeah that's nice nice to have but it's yeah. not like wow like in the u.s if my friends ask me like what do i do i say i'm a magician like, oh my god that's so cool yeah here in Thailand, I was like, what do you do as a magician? I'm like, what? You're a magician? <laughs> like, oh no, are you okay? Like, do, you, do you make money? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. no right. when, when I first met my wife, parents, first question, she was like, do you make money? <laughs> oh no. That was the first question. <laughs> oh no, yeah. You know, but I think slow, I think mm-hmm. these days, I think everything is changing. You know, I feel like we're a lot more open in, in arts. And so I think it's only going to get better from here. Yes, I agree with that one.
So let's talk a little bit about America's Got Talent. Yes. First and foremost, why did you choose to go on America's Got Talent and not some Thai TV show? Yeah, so actually before America's Got Talent, I've been contacted from at least five or six Got Talent. Mm. So Thailand Got Talent for sure mm. is one. Asia Got Talent. Mm. British Got Talent. Um, I think France Got Talent. France as well, okay. Yeah, and Thailand and US, of course, America's Got Talent. Mm. I was just thinking like, I don't really be on so many different ones. And if I could, like, I just want to go to the biggest one. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, so the, I got offered to Thailand, but I would just feel like it won't fully represent my magic. I feel like just because in America, America's Got Talent, they have been shooting magic. And it's very important too, I think, for production to understand how to shoot magic. It's, they have, oh. AGT, I have to say, they're so professional. Like they shot magic for 16, 17 years. And they know exactly what they need to do. They have magic consultant on teams, like looking a monitor. They make sure that when everything's get aired, it's YouTube proof. Awesome. Like there's nothing that will leak that isn't mm -hmm. shouldn't be seen. And I think they really also they make you look good. And I was like, I really want to go to AGT. And at one time, actually, it wasn't my first time being on at AGT. Actually, I went there twice. Twice. Yeah, so before I went, so I went on six, uh, season 16. Um, last year was 17, so it was about almost two years ago. Okay. Two years before that, I think season 14, I was also auditioned to go there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we film everything. Um, the audition round, we film, I got yes. Mm. But then eventually they just didn't air my episode. Oh. So, you know, on the show, it like, doesn't matter if, if you... You know, like it—it's not guaranteed. They always say you're not guaranteed to pass, even though you get yes. It doesn't guaranteed. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was a little bit disappointed. I was like, oh man, I didn't—I worked so hard, and and you know, like on HTC, it's, it's not just you going there and you just do whatever you want. The process of getting things approved, rehearsal, and everything—it takes months. Right. Yeah. So I, I did everything. This one, it didn't happen. I was really sad. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to Thailand. Like, <laughs> let me just yes. let me just go to go to my home. Let me yeah. own Thailand. Let me just do magic here. I was like, I'm I'm done. Mm. I was really sad actually. Yes. And went to Thailand, and then I got contacted again. They're like, okay, well, you know, two years ago, you know, I did go there already, right? And you guys gave me false <laughs> hope, but didn't yes. go on the show. Like, I don't, I don't care if I win or not. I just want to be on it. Yes. And it was just one on my bucket list. And then eventually I did. And then it was you got great. four yeses. Yeah, I, I watched so, that episode. So it was, yeah, it was a challenging project for sure. Mm -hmm. But I was, I was proud that I was able to do it, you know, right. one time. So I know that you got auditioned into America's Got Talent in season 16. And then mm -hmm. you were, you were brought back with the wild card one. So mm -hmm. did you, you obviously had to construct a whole different new kind of illusion. Yeah. Actually, even from the first round, mm -hmm. I have to already give them ideas up into finals. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. And magic is so diff so hard because they, of course, they have, the judges have seen in everything for mm. 16 years, like. You know, when it's like, oh, can I do something with money? Or like, oh, it's been done. Oh, oh, can I do this? Oh, it's been done. It's oh. like, we want something new, something fresh. And it's a lot of pressure, you know. Right. And it's it's challenging because when you audition, you're like, okay, I need to plan second, third, and final already. 
right. have an idea so they can see the potential that you make sure you do good things mm. at the end. But then again, it's really hard because first round, you want to do something that's good and impressive because it might be your only tape. Yes. But if you do, but sometimes you want to save the good stuff for last. Yes. So it was really difficult to weigh. You know, some people, they like save the good stuff for last. Uh, I had a few friends who just, they like, oh, they say treat the first one like your last. So they did the best one here. Oh, no. And yes. then the later one, they have really hard time to come up with new stuff because the time starts to get really short. Right. Audition is pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Second round is pre-recorded. Third, fourth, start to become live. And you only get like a few days. Right. You know, so you have to always think ahead as if you're making through all the time and it's, it's a lot of effort. You know. mm. In your opinion, do you think that there's any, how do you call it, any rigging with who's going to win first or no? It's purely talent and it's purely like the judges, they really did not know in advance. Yeah, so I work on TV uh-huh. as a pro- like kind of like a producer and and a creative too. I've been on that position where I am judging people and I am selecting people. Mm. Um, I'm not going to say about the show, but I don't think any TV show is 100% honest, of course, mm-hmm. because, you know, like you can't, all, like all reality TV show, of course, you know, the drama and everything, it has, you have to make it entertaining. Mm-hmm. And of course, you have to cater to what people want. Mm-hmm. So, if you really go with the fact and everything for real, it's gonna be boring. Like story, like if I tell a, a normal story and I don't add anything, like it's a boring life. The guy and a girl fall in love, they work. That's it. Boring. Mm-hmm. Of course, you gotta add add some drama and all those things to make it fun, right? So I think it's the same thing. All right. Yeah. So ever since you went on AGT season mm-hmm. 16, have people been recognizing you more and how have you been dealing with the new fans coming in? Um, yes, but at that time, it's like I'm not in the U.S. Ah, right. So I'm in Thailand and Thai people didn't know at that time that that I'm Thai on the show because I, I did mention that I was from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. It's just part of a script. Ah. But... I really wanted to say that I was from Bangkok. Mm-hmm. But I totally understand their point of view, you know, like that um, that I should represent America because mm-hmm. it was uh, America's Got Talent, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, I understand exactly everything that they wanted me to be, you know, but I think like in a TV world, you just have to accept it, you know, just go with the flow because they're only going to make you look good. Yes. There's no reason for, to, for them to make you look bad. It's just maybe their decision of, things that they want you to do it may not align exactly with what you want but mm. they only want good things from you to make you look good so i think the, um, they did a really good job of shaping everything you know mm-hmm. to to the way it is um yeah. i went off track what was, it, what was the question <laughs> that's totally fine so i know oh, that the recognizing you, right yes yeah so i was already in thailand at that mm-hmm. time so i mean it, it was also during the 2019 pre 2019 so i didn't really get to meet that many people mm-hmm. i think it would have probably changed if it's this year i think yes i see but in thailand one one person tweet my video mm. and it went so viral nice. on twitter and i think i've gained about more than 10,000 followers in a day wow on twitter so that was crazy for me mm-hmm. so 
because they're tweeting, oh, this guy is from Thailand, and Thai people really like were so excited and happy, and so it was good for like media press and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but people have seen a lot. I just maybe people don't know I'm Thai as well because uh-huh. my name is also Patrick, n- not Thai. Yeah, yes. and uh, but I think people know now. Yeah, it's just I like think. when that happened, it was they they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also know that you have your own business, mm-hmm. which is selling card games, even selling your services, teaching other people how to do tricks. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Yep. And this is called Mirage. Is it still there? So Mirage is just like a name of my custom playing cards. Mm-hmm. You know, as a magician, we always want to have our own things, right? Like, uh-huh. but Merch. deck of cards, there we have to print a lot. Mm. Like, you can't just print five decks. Like, I have to print five thousand, ten thousand. You know, yeah. so huge quantity. So of course, when you want want to make a custom deck, of course you have to try to w- find a ways to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of like a a deck of cards that I designed myself, and I was selling it. I I made like four versions. Mm-hmm. So every run, the first run I made like five thousand, then like seven thousand, and then ten thousand. 8,000. That's the volume? Volume. Per- Whoa. That's a wow. Lot, that's a lot of cards. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sold out. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. it was good. Like I, yeah. I get to, you know, take graphic design and kind of combine with magic. And I was able to mix them together and create a product. Nice. And are those like normal deck of cards yeah. or made specifically for magic? No. Um, you no. can just play it as yeah. normal. Wow. They, okay. they're just, we just print really, like really high quality playing cards um, mm-hmm. from the U.S. Ah, right. Um, there's also a factory in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, they make really good casino grade like playing cards. Casino grades. Unfortunately, yeah. like in Thailand, is kind of illegal to <laughs> import playing cards. Yes. So I still have, I still have many fans who really want to get it. It's mm-hmm. just so hard. I, yeah. I can't just bring them here. Yes. We'll, it will just get held in custom. Yeah, probably not worth it. But you do sell your services, right? Of how to uh, do magic, street magic. Yeah, so only for magicians mainly. mainly. Okay. Yeah, so in magic, there's magicians who perform. Mm-hmm. There's also magicians who create magic, like writer, mm. and singer. And, and there's some magicians who only create. So we come up with ideas and we're like, okay, I have a way of taking two glass and I tap like this and they link inside of each other and it's impossible to take it out. Mm. So I, let's say I, I invent this idea. I say, mm-hmm. I'm going to call this the linking glass something by Patrick mm-hmm. and then let's say this idea has never been done I said you want to buy this trick I will I'll tell I'll teach you the method for thirty dollars nice okay. You're like okay I want to learn it then you pay me thirty dollars and then I give you access to see the secret of it and you learn it and you can you have rights to perform it right so it's kind of like a ghost writer for for magicians almost mm-hmm. so you own those rights is, is there any copyrights to the it's hard, you know. Ideas we can't really copyright. Right. But in in magic, we 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 have to respect every person that mm. creates something. Is a lot of we relies a lot on ethics, and so in magic we always study like we credit people. Let's mm. say I was the first one to invent this linking glasses inside, right? Uh huh. I say okay, I take it. I put a cloth on top, and I take the cloth out, and they're link. Uh huh. And then you're like, oh, that's cool, but I don't like that you have to cover it. Mm. What if you just go like this, bing, and then it's inside. Mm. You came out with version two, mm. right? So it's like, you ask my permission. Hey, Patrick, can I can I resell this? But I'll credit you as the original creator. Mm. 
Right. So you'd be like, okay, I'm going to call this something else, the Linging Glass 2.0. And you said, originated by Patrick, and then it's by you now. So it's, we had to always credit other people on things that we invent. And yeah, so there's like a community like that. I love that. And what constitutes a magician? Because you said like, oh, I just kind of sell my course to magicians. Yeah. So it's not just like, let's say I walk in like, hello, I would like to learn magic and I can just and You go. can. It's just like we already skipped the basic stuff. Oh, okay. Like the what is, I mean, anyone can learn it. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's advanced. Right, got it. So you almost have to have the basic things in magic that you should know. Every magician would know already. The basic slides, basic things, how to handle cards. And if mm-hmm. you already know those, then you can apply to this and you can learn it quick. Like I can learn new tricks like very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not really for magicians. Anyone can learn it. It's just like they're a little bit more advanced, difficult. Understood. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Wow. This is like new information for me too. I feel inspired to be a magician. <laughs> <laughs> so we're coming to the end. I want to ask you, um, what's in the future for you? Yeah, so every year I try to set a goal to do something different every year. I mean, of course, something that's bigger every year. You know, I've I've done AGT, I've been on this TV show, I have my own kind of like TV special in Japan. So this year I want to focus on doing a live show. So um, it's already in the plan. Hopefully, maybe in July, August, we'll have my first public show. In Thailand, you mean? In Thailand, yes. in, a, in a theater. It will be a like a full production okay so not not like uh it will be like a like a magic like a magic show a proper nice. magic show and i really want to make this good mm-hmm. so that it really represent magic in thailand i feel like in thailand we don't have so much chance to see like good magic mm-hmm. and i really want to want to bring like what magic represents today you know because mm-hmm. i think we still have the old image of magic when you when you say think about magic we think of like magician in a suit with a rabbit or like you know those old classic style magic where i think in abroad we already went so far we already i want to erase those image replace yes. with modern magic yeah that's my goal to to have a show yeah i'm looking forward to your show thank you <laughs> and last question what advice would you give to the youngsters who want to become a magician as well um i think you know, I the reason I do magic for more than 20 years and the reason I still love it the same way as day one is because I didn't choose magic for other thing. I chose it because I like it. Mm. There wasn't wasn't like I didn't want I didn't choose magic to be a magician. I didn't choose magic to be famous. I didn't choose magic to make money or to pick up girls. Mm. I chose magic because I was just I just really like it. And that's the reason why I was able to do what I am today this far. And I think like when you have short goals, sometimes you you tend to skip what you why you do it. You do it for the ending, but so you you kind of skip the the middle part. Mm. So I think in anything, you know, if you, if you just keep doing it, if you like something, doesn't matter with magic or anything art, you you do it. If you like it, you do it. And I think that's only gonna take you far, because in art, if you're not above average, you're not. It's hard to do anything, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you just have to go all the way, mm-hmm. and I think that's the only way to be successful is to really pursue it. If you like piano, do it. Like, right. just do it. You have to enjoy the journey, love the good, the bad, the ugly. Just yeah, keep going at it. Exactly. Right. Like, 
you know, and I think as we grow up, times or time is more limited, right? Mm. So if you're young, explore. Yes. Try different. If you don't like something, change. Do something. You know, you have so much time. As you get older, you don't have that much time to choose. Mm. And of course, ideally, you don't want to waste your time either. So pick wisely. Explore. You know, in in magic too. Like I never thought I'd be doing magic. Really, I really never thought. Mm-hmm. It's just like opportunity just kind of slowly come, and that's just shaped my my path. Right. Because I was like, I want to be a graphic designer. Uh, I want to be a professor teaching design or something like that, or maybe I'll work in a company. Mm-hmm. Never ever thought in my life I'll be doing magic. Right. For work. So you didn't choose magic. No. Magic chose you. <laughs> And on that note, thank you very much, Kun Patrick Kun, for thank coming so on much. to our show. It's such an honor. Ka, sadi ka. Thank you. <laughs>